This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Hello friends, this is Tom Creighton. Once again, WCNO is preparing for another exciting trip to the Holy Land. If you've ever wanted to travel to the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus, now is the time. Join me February 16th through the 26th, 2014 for WCNO's next life-changing trip to Israel. Get your application and brochure today by calling the station at 772-221-1100. Get your passport ready and travel with us for what many call the trip of a lifetime. You'll sail on the Sea of Galilee, walk the streets of Jerusalem, stand on the Mount of Olives, pray in the upper room, and renew your baptism in the Jordan River. Visit Capernaum, Nazareth, Bethlehem, ride the tram to the top of Masada, and swim in the Dead Sea. See for yourself the place where Jesus was born, lived, died, and rose again. Stand on the very steps where Jesus would have walked as you experience the land of the Bible that will forever change you and the way you understand the stories of the Bible. So if you're ready for a life-changing experience, call today and join the others who have already registered for this trip. Space is limited, so register today to make sure you're a part of this tour. Get your brochure and registration forms by calling the station at 772-221-1100. That's 772-221-1100. Or visit our website at wcno.com, the news page, for more information. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Come on, where are we going to put our faith at? What are you trying to say to me, Pastor? I'm saying, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to move into a place in my life where I'm going to get into the middle of this game and in the kingdom of God and become a kingdom player, then I want to get there on the ark. You can get passage on the Titanic if you want to. Hmm? What about David and Goliath? Goliath had the the finest equipment that a soldier could have. He had state-of-the-art technology of his day, the best of the best that they could offer a warrior in the kingdom. David had the tools of a shepherd boy. Hmm? Goliath had a spear that was the width of a house. Think about that. The width of a house. David had a piece of leather and five smooth stones. Goliath had the armor of a mighty warrior, but at the end of the day, it was David that was standing there, and Goliath had lost his head. Hmm? The giant went down. It wasn't the armor. It wasn't the metal. It wasn't the steel. It wasn't the sword. It was a little kid with a slingshot at the end of the day who was passionately pursuing God with his whole life. What are you trying to tell me, Pastor? I'm telling you today, if our city is going to be reached for Jesus Christ, it's not going to be by spiritual networks that are running 24-7 on 15 different channels. It's going to be by the believer getting off of the pew and getting passionate for the kingdom of God and going out there and doing something in the kingdom. That's what it's going to take. Hmm? 
We've got to come to a place in our life where we recognize that God is at work in us. That it's not just so that we can say we're a pretty piece of art hanging on the wall. Look what God has done. It's so that God can use us for His glory. Hmm? And we've got to position ourselves that not only are we passionate for God, but we're passionate for what God's passionate for. We become passionate for the things of God. And when we do that, we'll get a mentality that we're ready to move in and take the territory and take over the kingdom of the enemy. My God. Somebody shout, put me in, coach. God's looking for people that pursue God. He's not looking for people that need a title. He's not looking for people that need a position. Because if you need a title or you need a position, then how many know you really don't need God? You're getting your approval and acceptance by what you do rather than who you are. Hmm? God's looking for people that don't know the perfect way to get it done. They're just stepping out in faith and saying, well, God, if you told me to do it, I'm going to do it. All they know, if God is for me, then who can be against me? God's on my side. They know what Peter knew. Silver and gold, I ain't got none. But what I got, I'm going to give it to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. Go over to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. Since they couldn't take their eyes off of them. They were fixated on Peter and John. They couldn't take their eyes off of them. Peter and John standing there so confident. So sure of themselves. And then their fascination deepened when they realized these were two laymen with no training in Scripture or formal education. They recognized them as companions of Jesus. But with the man right before them, seeing him standing there so upright, so healed, what could they say against them? That's the demonstration of the power of God. Amen? God is in the habit of taking nobodies and turning them into somebodies. That's what He does. I think we overlook the fact that God sometimes takes people that are somebodies, breaks them down to nobodies, and then turns them into somebodies in their life so He can finally use them. Hmm? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, my strength is not in my title. It's not in I'm a deacon or I'm an elder, or I'm a pastor, or I'm an usher. My strength doesn't come from my identity and my job, or the money that I have, or the way that I carry myself, or if I drive a Mercedes. It doesn't come from whether or not if I live in a gated community, or if I live in a condo on the beach, or whether or not I got a pool. That's not where the strength of my life comes from. The strength of my life comes from my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's right there, built in a relationship with Him. So what is it that makes this kingdom of God work? Come on, God's kingdom is invading the world today. What is it that causes this kingdom to work? Well, the first thing is this. People that want to work. People, real kingdom players, real kingdom people are always ignited by opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. You remember the story when Peter and John, they were on their way to pray? And here they are, they're getting there, and then all of a sudden the opportunity pops up in front of them. There's a lame man right there on the side of the road. Opportunity. How many times have we walked by the opportunity of God in our life? On our way to the temple. On our way to the mall. On our way to Walmart. On our way home from work. How many times have we just driven by opportunity? Come on, somebody. Amen. 
Here are these two guys, seven weeks earlier, they were running, they were hiding, they were fearful, they were intimidated, they thought the Romans were going to get them, they thought the Sanhedrin was going to get them, they thought the Pharisees were going to kill them, they were hiding for their life. And even when they met Jesus, they met Jesus while they were in a place of hiding, isn't that right? Now all of a sudden, here's these two guys that were cowards before, they're full of the Holy Ghost, they're out in the public, and, and, and they're on their way to go pray at the temple. And watch this. No one said, let's do some strategic planning on the way to the temple. Let's make a plan. Nobody said anything like that. They didn't say, well, let's get together, have a committee, and meet next Thursday because we're going to be on our way to prayer next Thursday. We need to make sure that we have this in place, that in place. A miracle might happen, so we need to have this for a backup plan just in case that happens so we're not late getting there on time to pray. We need to understand what we're going to do so when we get there, uh, we can just believe for the miracle. Nobody planned any of that. How many know that's not what happened? They were just on their way. They were just going through life. They were just living life, doing what God had put in front of them, and an opportunity popped up right in front of them. Someone say opportunity. Hmm? Opportunity. One of the words in the New Testament for opportunity is the word kairos. It means an opportune moment. It's a point in history. It's a time in history that didn't exist the hour before or the day before. It exists right now. It's Kairos. It's a right now opportunity. It's an opportune time. And when they walked by the guy at the gate, what they saw was a Kairos moment. They saw an opportunity. All the people that are earth-minded are ignited by security. Well, I need my 401k. I want to make sure I got my paycheck. I want to make sure everything's going to work out right. If, I ain't get, if you ain't going to pay me, don't expect me to do anything for you. Hmm? I'm going to check my life insurance policy before I check out. Come on. Ignited by security. Today we got people that go to college for six years at Christian universities, and the first thing they do when they come out of the Christian universities is want to know how much they're going to get in their package. Don't ask how many people in the, what are the demographics of the area? How many people, what, what kind of outreach you got going on? What's your ministry like? How much am I going to get paid? What are you offering me to come bring my Christian services to you? Come on, are you here this morning? What kind of retirement you got for me? Pastor, you can't say that. Yeah. I mean, this ain't this ain't this gospel today. Ain't what it ain't the gospel that we had in the book of Acts. We've twisted it up. I ain't never seen it a day in time in my life when you. It's so hard to get volunteers to do anything. I'm not talking about our church because we got great volunteers. I'm talking about the ministry in general, trying to get people down to volunteer to do something. Well, I'm too busy. Let them. Basically, I'm too busy. Let them go to hell. Hmm. Can I just say this to you today? People that are called to do something, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the world, true entrepreneurs are always looking for opportunity. They're not looking for a paycheck. Opportunity. They're not looking for the dollars. They're looking for opportunity because they know if they ever get the opportunity, out of that opportunity, they will create their resource for life. They will create what they need to live on. John Wesley prayed this. He said, Lord, just give me a place to stand, and I'll change the world. Just give me a place to be vocal, and I'll do my best. If I can just get an opportunity. 
Hmm. Some of us get opportunities, and then we, oh, man, I can't do this. What did I get myself into now? What you don't realize is, is God gave you the opportunity. And if you miss your opportunity, if you step away from your opportunity, there's 20 more people praying, God, give me an opportunity. God, just give me the opportunity. Just give me the opportunity. Come on, somebody, say that. God, just give me the opportunity. Amen? If I can just get the opportunity, if I can just get the door open, I'll make something out of that opportunity. If you'll just use me, God, in my gifting, I'll do something with that opportunity. Now people get the opportunity and go, oh. These people are crazy. Don't they recognize that I'm anointed? Here I am laying my life down for all these people, and they don't do nothing but talk about me, argue and fight, put me down. God, why did you give me this opportunity? I was better off just sitting there receiving. Hmm? I know somebody's praying right now, God, forgive me. Hmm? You say, well, opportunities are risky. Well, sure they are. Of course they're risky. And not only that, opportunities demand sacrifice. They demand a lot of sacrifice. They demand your time. They demand your talent. They demand your treasure. It takes a lot to embrace an opportunity. And opportunities are unpredictable. It might look all good and rosy and go, that's a great opportunity. And you get in the middle of it and realize it wasn't the opportunity that you thought it was, but it was the opportunity that God wanted you to take. Hmm? You know what? You can look at every successful person in the church and you can look back in their lineage and at some point you'll come to a place in their life where their success began. They made a decision to seize the opportunity. And it wasn't some big, huge payload all of a sudden where they hit the lottery. I'm giving you $5 million to start your ministry. But in some hit warehouse and fill it up. Well, any idiot can do that with $5 million. Come on, somebody. Mm, I ain't got hardly no help in here this morning. Mm. God will give you a place to start. And it ain't always going to start with the big payload. It begins with a mustard seed moment. It begins where you take a step of faith in something small. When, 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 when you looked at it and you reached out and you grabbed it and you, and you laid hold of it and it didn't look all that very big then, it was a little tiny thing, but it was your little tiny thing. It was your little opportunity that God just opened the door up and said, this is what I'm calling you to.